Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Uh, welcome aboard, Lee Grant. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP, Eric Hayes, IVQ, also known as Elsinor Rutten, Paul Fleming Sr. How are you doing? Didn't get that email from you, Bridge MCP. How are you doing, my beautiful lady? And of course, there's Yvette Avery Herod. Como estas, mi preciosa? Espero que todo está bien ahorita mismo. Trust all is well with you. Uh, we are going to have a great show for you today. Today I'm going to play the, 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 the interview I did with WBAI in New York, the <clears throat> uh, Pacifica station out there. All right, let's go ahead and start reading what you guys are saying so we can get busy. Michael says, Egberto, listen to the WBAI program could days ago when you talked about Jamal Bowman, APAC, and that fake progressive group, one of the tactics of the far right, including APAC, is to throw money behind AstroTurf groups who claim popular sounding names, including progressive named groups who aren't actually progressive. And then they smear, they smear actual progressives. It's a horrible tactic. If the far right tried challenging progressives fairly on the issues that matter, the right would lose nearly every time. And they know this. When they acknowledge that the means justify the ends, They'll pay whatever dirty tactics they can in order to win. I should remind everyone that APAC is a foreign national entity throwing dark money into our politics, and somehow that's legal. We've got a big problem that needs to be addressed. I want to say something about, about well, actually, I did say it in the interview, so I won't say it again here. Uh, let's go. Breed says, sorry, a tad long. The U.N. Secretary General invoked Article 99 to push for a Gaza ceasefire. What exactly is it? It's uh, called Article 99, and it has been used for decades. Until this week, with an intensified Israeli offensive and escalating civilian casualties, U.N. Secretary General An Antonio Guterres invoked a rarely exercised power this week to warn the Security Council of an impending humanitarian catastrophe in Gaza. He urged members to demand an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. Guterres uh, invoked Article 99 on the UN Charter, last used over half a century ago. Security Article 99 is a provision of the United Nations Charter, the UN Constitution, any matter which, in his opinion, may threaten the maintenance of the international peace and security. Guterres invoked Article 99 because he sees the situation in Gaza at risk of complete collapse of the territory humanitarian system and civil order. It was some, something he felt needed to be done. The United States, which is Israel's closest allies and has veto power on the Security Council, in the Israeli Gaza war is not to the is not to get in the way of important diplomacy that's taking place, and he said the Security Council resolution at this time would not be useful. This could signal a likely veto, but the U.S. has not said either way. In that case, why invoke it? Because Guterres believe that the humanitarian system and the bombardment operations in Gaza are collapsing. He also warns in his letter that in the current situation, amid constant bombardment by Israeli defense forces and without shelter or essentials to survive, I expect public order to be public order to completely break down soon due to the desperate conditions rendering even limited humanitarian assistance impossible. Guterres said the situation could get even worse, uh, put in the possible epidemics and the mass Displacement of Palestinians in the neighborhood countries, he said, looms disaster. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. 
All right, let's see. Paul Fleming says a former California chief who brought a hatchet to the Capitol on January 6th and gave prior speeches calling for the execution of perceived political enemies has been sentenced to 11 years in prison. Good for him. All right, Paul Fleming's also a price of Genuvia, diabetes drug, 6000 in the United States, 900 in Canada, 200 in, I think that is uh, France. Uh, Merck 20, uh, 2022 profits, 14.5 billion CEO compensation, 52 million. See the uh, problem here? Of course, they are doing it for the money. All right, let's see what else we got here. Paul Fleming says corporations are artificially driving up food prices to boost profits at our expense. I read that article as well. But chicken, tuna, and egg companies have all recently given forced to pay up in price fixing. Absolutely. So U.S. blocks U.N. Security Council demand for humanitarian ceasefire. Biden, Blinken, complicit in genocide, according to E2247. Thank you, brother. Uh, let's go ahead and play our first video. This is an interview that I did. I hope you like it. Uh, comment on it. Whatever you do, let's go ahead and get busy because it's a good one. Check it out. Here we go. Degberto Willis does a daily he gets up at like five in the morning and he does a mm. daily show on KPFT, which is the Pacifica station in, in Houston, Texas, uh, which is a, could be a scary place to do progressive radio. <laughs> yes, it uh, is. And, uh, he does it every day. He goes, he gets up or at least every weekday. He's on the air. He's a popular guy. He has to prepare shows every day. He writes, he, he sings, he dances. No, I don't know if he does that, <laughs> but, uh, uh, and I, I got one of, I'm on Egberto's mailing list twice a day. We get two, I get two things. And, um, and today he wrote about, um, APAC, the American Israeli Political Action Committee. Uh, yeah. I think that's what it's called. And, yeah. uh, and, Jam- and Jamal Bowman and aiming their arrows at Jamal Bowman, who is, I hope is going to be on the, on our show. Several times. He's been on three times already. We're going to get him on a bunch more times. Um, they're aiming at Jamal Bowman. They are running a candidate against Jamal Bowman for pro- folks who have their head in the sand. Jamal Bowman is a former New York City high school principal, like one of the most outstanding educational leaders in the city, who got elected to Congress in 2020. 2020 and... Uh, <clears throat> In a, in, he, he beat, you know, a long standing, just, just like AOC, he beat a, a long standing, uh, member of Congress in the Democratic primary, uh, and has now been in Congress for four years, joined the squad right away. Um, he's different though, right? He's a little older. Uh, he's very soft spoken in some ways and he's gotten himself into trouble, but I'm going to let Egberto talk more. What? So, and now he's in, in the, in, in, in people's, uh, uh, <coughs> I had to use gun analogies, but he's in, in the, in the sights of a bunch of rifles coming from somewhere. So, Egberto, um, first of all, how is it down in, in, in Houston these days? Uh, you guys surviving Greg Abbott and, the, and the, and the red wave all over Texas? Well, you know, it's interesting because everywhere else is doing fine. You know, the progressives are, making much better headway than we have in Texas thus far. And mostly it's because 
I don't think a lot of the people in Texas have the faith that they need to have, that they can make a difference, that they are the plurality, not only the plurality, but the majority, just a non-voting group of folk here. So we're working hard to kind of change it around and make sure that people get that, that belief that after all, these charlatans that are running Austin, Texas, they, we can actually beat them. And we've started it slowly, but we've started it. It's a difficult fight, as you know, um, <laughs> but it's it, because it's also a difficult fight because when you have a Democratic Party uh, that instead of fighting head on with the Republican Party, that's harming people, decide to attempt to make alliances that will never work for them. It presents a problem. Those are the things that we're trying to extricate right here in Harris County. We're working to make sure that those politicians that are trying to keep their feet in both both planes are actually extricated out of the system. So it's difficult, but we're getting it done and watching what Bowman is doing. Also, it seems like he's having a bit of a problem as well with his own party. So explain to people what because so, your article wasn't about the Democratic Party, although he has a Democratic opponent. Right. Somebody who I've also had on my show too, George Latimer, who when he got elected was somebody who progressives worked really hard for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is the uh, American Israeli Pro- Political Action Committee, which people well, just know as APAC? Yeah. What is that? APAC is a very, very powerful lobbying organization. Uh, they, they have a lot of money, deep pockets. Many times we don't know where all those funds that fund this organization comes from, but I would wager that, uh, you know, I mean, whenever we talk about Israel, you know, Israel is an independent country, but Israel is also, um, a, you know, b- because it's the country that support that it's the, the Jewish homeland, if you will. Um, you know, just about everybody that is that feel themselves a part of the Jewish homeland will support the, the, you know, will support whatever it is that APAC has to support. And what APAC has been doing for decades is keeping politicians in check. In other words, it, the, the one thing Republicans and Democrats, uh, Democrats shared in common is that they never went or they try their best not to go against APAC. In other words, if APAC says Israel wants ABC, Israel gets ABC. And while I'm speaking about this, I want to make sure that people understand this. We're not talking about Jewish stuff here. We're talking about the state of Israel. Uh, and, and it's important that people get that distinction because too often that distinction isn't made. And then at that point, the anti-Semitic trope is used. I don't allow the anti-Semitic trope because I make sure that the things that I say is uh, sanctioned. And also I make sure and get the uh, make sure that as I say them, I corroborate it with my Jewish brothers and sisters, some on the right and some on the left. So, I mean, it is important that people understand that. But going back to APEC specifically, they don't, uh, APEC decides what's going to get done with regards to the politicians that get elected and so forth, where they have power. In the article, what I tried to um, make clear is that it is an anti-democratic process because what happens now is we have this particular lobbying organization and this goes with any lobbying organization. The thing with APAC is that APAC is powerful. APAC has the deep pockets. And when it has the deep pockets, it means that you can get results. 
in our current system that has Citizens United and all these other uh, McCutcheon and all these other rules that allow the individual or, or the corporations to do as they please. So APEC decided that it was going to come against uh, uh, Bauman. And the, the, the first ad that they did on Bauman was a striking ad, misleading, but striking, something that I think um, all of us in the progressive uh, space, if you will, have to make sure to counteract because we can't allow any one organization to decide that they're going to control everything that any particular politician does or don't do. And what, what did they do in that ad? What did they say? Uh, they, they said that he was against Israel. He was, they, 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 the one thing they didn't say, and I, I should have had the commercial queued up. I don't, they never called him anti-Semitic. They never said that because you, who could possibly say that about Bauman? But it, it was, it was a commercial that made it seem like he was weak. He was anti-Israel. In other words, he was taking the position of Hamas, which is one of the other things that they do. You're either, you're either with Netanyahu or you are with Hamas, not anywhere in between. That's, that's what they, they, they take. And that is a trope on, on my programs. I don't allow. In other words, I am not going to allow somebody to make the assumption that speaking out against, uh, speaking out against Netanyahu or the, the Netanyahu driven IDF is somehow going to make someone anti-Semitic. Instead, we call ourselves we're supporting humanity. So, and what APEC uh, spends money, and sometimes they spend money in multiple ways. I know in my my congressional district had an open seat mm-hmm. to New York City is a rare thing to have. We had an open seat in was it only last year? <laughs> Feels like a million years ago. Uh, in 2022, we had an open seat, and there were. No, 12, 13 candidates running. Um, uh, one of them is Mondier Jones, who's now back up in, in Rockland trying he to lost, beat this yeah. guy Lawler. Um, the candidates included like Bill de Blasio, who dropped out and Yuli knew who came in second and a guy named Dan Goldman and Dan Goldman, uh, who is a Levi Strauss heir and is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Spent his own five or six or seven, nobody knows exactly how much million dollars on his campaign. Mm-hmm. He won with 24.5% against Uline getting like 23.9%. Um, but something called the New York Progressive Action Pack put out scathing mailings against Uline. They called her an anti-Semite. They called her anti-tenant. They called her anti-gay, whatever. They, they just, just smeared up and down. And then it turned out that the New York Progressive Action Pack, um, which my, my political home is the New York Progressive Action Network. We were, we almost went to court to stop the use of the name. Um, was totally funded by APAC. Yeah. Yeah. So not only did Goldman have his own, you know, fortune to spend, but they spent another bunch of millions of dollars on, on flooding. And now they seem to have, They've decided to target a lot of members of the squad. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how do, how do they do that? What's, what's their mechanism for doing that? They spend well, money me, on. 
you just you just uh, stated one. They have uh, somebody uh, running against Corey Bush in Missouri. They have somebody, of course, running against Bauman in New York, and they are going to use several methods. And the thing about it, a lot of these methods we are, we won't find out till after the election. When we when all the numbers are put together, it's like how you just found out. Oh, it turns out that this progressive group was really funded by APAC. So their intent really is to find or they're looking for. I, I think I read they offered twi- they were seeking somebody to support them with 20 million dollars to go after Rashida Talib. So um, they are simply going to throw money wherever it sticks. And that the, that's the intent. Uh, they are, they, they believe they'll be successful. I think that the squad this time, or well, I shouldn't say this time because they have never really been able to beat, to beat the squad as a whole. Otherwise, AOC would not be there right now. If you recall, they put somebody up against her a few, um, uh, I think the last cycle or the cycle before that. Um, but I, I think that these people are sufficiently robust and, uh, Progressive movement is sufficiently strong to hold the line, but what we cannot do, the progressive, the progressive um, movement that is, is to is to not fight back hard. But let me tell you better. The other thing that I'm telling folks, like you know, right here in Houston, it's not enough to just fight back. Uh, what we have to do is make it unprofitable for them to make an attempt the next time to do this. In other words, we want to ensure that they lose that entire hundred million dollars as they put it out there to try to uh, put down progressive politicians that are huge, that are humane, progressive politicians that are simply looking about saving lives, not, not uh, being anti-Israel or anything of that sort, just saving lives. 15,000 dead Palestinians doesn't do anything to help any single person of Jewish descent, any single Israeli. In fact, what it will do and what it has started to do is create what you well know um, is uh, is blowback. So, Arthur, you, you, you know that well. Whenever you have asymmetric type uh, wars or whatever, the, the side that is asymmetrically on the low side uh, responds quite a bit differently. And that's what we should be expecting today. In, in one of the hearings, the director of the FBI said he has never seen so many blinking lights before. Does that tell you something? He, um, by the way, just, 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 I was looking for some experts opinion about APAC and I found, uh, <laughs> I found your show on the air. Um, <laughs> APAC is the American, is the American, uh, the, it stands for American, American Israel, Israel American Public Israel Affairs. Public Affairs Committee, not right. American Political Action Committee. American Israel Public Affairs Committee. Now you said on your show, maybe today, no, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, that APAC was going to spend a hundred million dollars yes. to try to defeat Jamal Bowman. Is that is not is only that, Jamal Bowen. Uh, that may be uh, I may have uh, it's Jamal Bowen and the squad. That's their budget to defeat Jamal Bowen and the squad. Okay. Um, so what do people, well, you're allowed to say what you want on my show about a candidate. I'm not, uh, mm-hmm. I'm allowed to say who right. people, but how do, how do you, 
counter something like that? How do you counter a hundred million dollars? Well, uh, you, you know, money doesn't vote. And that's what I tell people all of the time. First of all, I can't on my show, I can't say go vote for Bauman. But on your show, I can say every New Yorker who is in Bauman's district would be crazy not to vote for Bauman. And why would why would that be the case? If we take a look at some of the 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 person that is running against Bauman right now is a guy called and you know this person. His name is um uh, George Latimer. Okay, George Latimer is a seventy year old guy. Not, I don't I'm not complaining about the seventy year old guy, but uh, when he goes out and he says that uh, uh, that Bauman is out of uh, is it, he, he pretty much says Bauman is naive to believe that a ceasefire is what we need. He makes it clear that the reason he's running against Bauman is Bauman's position on Israel. Nowhere inside of Mr. Latimer's commentary was anything about I am coming to solve the problems of Bauman's district, the district that Bauman serves that he's not doing well in. I am. He's not talking about let's go ahead and create jobs. Let's go ahead and take care of the issues that matter to the citizens of 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 Westchester. Westchester. He's not saying that he never mentioned that. So the question is, he's running as the, the, as the, the person representing a foreign government, that, the, the, the ideals of a foreign government, because he's saying nothing whatsoever with regards to what he's going to do for the people of Westchester. Nothing. You know, I, and I have to say, you know, I, I mean, Jamal is a friend of mine. Um, I've done legal work for him. He, Jamal had to be one of the most, you know, in the progressive community, I, on this show, I was very critical of a lot of ways people came out right away after, um, after October 7th, excusing Hamas, going, the, using the word, but using the word context to me, there's no context and there's no but no. for, for murdering and raping, beheading and doing whatever they did to civilians in, in, in Israel. Um, and Jamal and Jamal didn't. Jamal came out and he denounced Hamas. AOC did the same thing and didn't use the word "but." Mm-hmm. Didn't use the word "understand the context." He understood and still has tried to meet with. There's a lot of Jews that live in Westchester County where mm-hmm. he's. There's also it happens to be a 50 percent black district, mm-hmm. um, which is probably how he got elected. Um, he, 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 well, let, let me let me just say one thing, um, because I've heard a lot of Jewish people speak about Jamal. He got a ton of Jewish votes. They really love his character. Right. And he he's so thoughtful. He is such a thoughtful guy. He's passionate, but he is extremely thoughtful in his discussions about Israel and Hamas and Palestine and the right to Palestinians and how you deal with that intractable situation there is very thoughtful, which frankly is the only way to deal with it. If you come out beating your chest on one side or the other, you're missing to me. That's my opinion. You are missing how complex the, the, the whole discussion has to be. And he deals with it in a complex way, but he's going to get painted as an anti-Semite by APAC. And it's unfortunate. Like George Latimer said, he's thinking of running. He went to Israel first. Yes. Came back from Israel, got off the plane and said, I'm running. Uh, George Latimer, who 
is the Westchester County executive and never had to do anything about Israel or foreign policy. A nice, good guy. Did a really good job for the last um, six, mm-hmm. six years. Um, so, you know, it's it's very, very scary. And But let me tell you, I, I, if I may say, if I may say, Arthur, I think that was a mistake on the part of Latimer. And I think that is that when when if done correctly, if done correctly with the right amount of uh, uh what what's the word that I want to use with the right uh, of a uh, compassion and of empathy that he came that that before he ran for the position he went to Israel and then came back and ran in a domestic election. There is a commercial. There is an ad that is waiting to be written. Whether he's there to represent the 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 his population, his entire district, or he's there to represent Netanyahu. And given that he met with Netanyahu, as I recall, when he went to Israel, there is an ad to be made without affecting Jewish sensibilities. Because remember. Netanyahu is not a loved quantity in Israel. Also, there is a distinct group of uh, Israeli Jews in New York that are a part of the progressive movement who wants to actually solve the two state, wants this two state solution, want, want to treat Palestinians like human beings. And these are Jewish New Yorkers we're talking about. So I think uh well placed ads well placed uh coming on stations doing the interviews with you right there in the district right is what Bauman needs to be i don't think Bauman needs to be hiding uh, or 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 just kind of staying quiet i think he has to actively campaign in the jewish community and there're going to be a, a large percentage that are just going to buy the thing like well, whatever Netanyahu says, but Netanyahu is not liked in Israel. So I think if he goes ahead and says, well, look, uh, Mr. Latimer, which is a fact, is now a, an agent for Netanyahu. Mr. Latimer went to Israel and because of the position that, that Bauman has taken, which is anathema or, or is not the position that, uh, Netanyahu wants, he is going to run against Bauman. And Who I, is I have, he there to serve? And I have to cut you off, Egbert. We got to do this some more. Yeah. Uh, you have the you have a much better voice than me for radio. Uh, we have to do this some more. Thank you so much, Egberta Willies, who is a daily host on on KPFT in Houston. I'm sure it's online if you want to listen to Egberto. What, well, if it's online, you can listen live. And it's probably also uh, uh, yeah. You can go to politicsdoneright.tv. Okay, politicsdoneright.tv. You can see Egberto every day. He's on the air. Well, folks, I hope you like that. That interview we did, did a couple of days with the WBI station in New York. And we were live on in New York for some time. Anyway, folks, uh, welcome aboard E2247, Mike Cisak, <laughs> Melissa Bowie, and uh, who else is new on the chat? If I missed you. Forgive me. I think I saw Bruce Pollard. Yes, my brother is there. Uh, anyway, welcome aboard. Let's see what we got in the in the chat right now. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Uh, we have. Bridge says, Mr. Trump's documented pattern of speech 
and it's demonstrated real time, real world consequences pose a significant and imminent threat to the functioning of the criminal process. In this case, the appeals court wrote, the court said that Trump's campaign uh, for 2024 presidency does not alter the court's historical commitment or obligation to ensure, ensure the fair administration of justice in criminal cases. We do not allow such an order lightly. Mr. Trump is a former president and current candidate for the presidency, and there's a strong public interest in that, has to say, the court said. But Mr. Trump is also an indicted criminal defendant, and he must stand trial in a courtroom under the same procedures that govern all other criminal defendants. That is what the rule of law means. Can it be any clearer? Sounds it sounds about right to me. Sounds about right to me. All right, let's see. Welcome aboard. Carl Cox is in the house. How are you doing, Carl? Great to see you here, my brother. Uh, Carl Cox says Mike Cisak is wrong again, as usual. He says. Yvette Avery Eric says, "Great interview. Thank you, my beautiful Yvette. I appreciate that." And Tom C is finally here. Better late than never. Well, Tom, since you are late, the penalty is. Another limerick. We need another limerick from Brother Tom. All right. Um, look, I did a piece, a little piece on, um, it actually was an impromptu piece that I did on KPFT this morning because um, my, ah, to, I'm glad it's Tom C here because as I announced it on KPFT, I, I said, I found this article on, on, on New York Times. What I failed to say is that Tom C. Tom uh, Tom Zarnick was the instigator of this particular article that I read. And after watching the video and digesting the article and what, from what I know of the NHS, I really got pissed off. And this morning I had a little soliloquy that I did at, uh, at KPFT. And I'll be frank with you. I want to play that right now for two reasons. One, I am pathetically tired after only sleeping two and a half hours last night. And number two, I think it was an important piece that both audiences need, both my KPFT audience and my online audience, uh, three o'clock audience. And one other thing that I, that I want to say that I'm so happy about, I also have a cross-pollination both at KPFT and here. So there is a small intersectionality of viewers as well. And I just want to tell all of you, thank you. I love you. Let's keep it going. But let's also do something that's very important. Let's share these videos. Let's share not only the videos, not only the live that we're doing, but we do a lot of blogs. We do a lot of articles that we write. Please share it all. That's how we get it populated in the entire um, space. But anyhow, let's go with that piece that I did this morning at KPFT. First of all, there was a time when almost bar none the british national healthcare service known as nhs was the most well known system where people paid zero healthcare was this, this was was considered a right and right now it is going through as we would say in panama paramo it's going through Hell, and there's a short video. I want any of you who 
get a chance. I'm going to put the link to the article inside of the uh, chat. And for those of you in the chat, you can go look for the article. I, I'll post the article along with the uh, newsletter at politicsandright.com slash newsletter as well. But I want to say something about it. Buenos dias, Gerardo Lopez. Saludos, saludos. Good morning, Gerardo. Como estas, hermano mío? Anyway, uh, the issue is there was a time right after World War II, this great institution was founded. And if you got sick, you just went ahead and showed your card. You go get some health care, uh, whether you need an operation, medicine, whatever you needed. It was taken care of. It was paid for out of the general funds. And it worked. And it worked for decades. But there is something that most Americans don't realize. We have gotten indoctrination for decades that try to give us the feeling, the ability that only, or not only, that it is the private sector that can do things better than anything else. There's an interesting caveat here that I always try to tell people. The private sector is comprised of shareholders who, you know, create the companies. And if it's a corporation, uh, executives who run a corporations and all the employees of that corporation who actually do the work. A public system is we, the people, the government who hires executives who then hire a bunch of people to do the work. So we have government executives or meaning managers and employees for the government. We have shareholders. We have executives and the same employees who do the work. The theory that you have been told that is more efficient than anything else since apple pie is that if you have the model that says shareholder corporation employee if that model runs healthcare that somehow it can be more efficient than the model that says government executives meaning managers shareholders i want to show the distinct difference here the one-to-one correspondent is the following. The workers are identical, right? If you're, if you're a doctor, whether you work for the government or you work for the private sector, you're a doctor, you have to have the same training. So employees, same thing, right? There's a, there's a slight difference. Uh, when it comes to employees at that level, you will find that the government employees have more protection than the private sector employees who uh, who generally gets less protection. They fight for unions to get better. Executives, the executives in the private sector generally gets more money. They're paid on bonuses as well. If they're able to create more profits, they get more bonuses. The executives in the government, they make a salary. Then we have the uh, 
the, the, the government, of course, all they do is collect taxes so that they can pay the managers and the employees to provide a service. In the case of shareholders, they do absolutely nothing but sit back, put their money in a pool and wait for the profits to come in. And in the case of healthcare, those profits are equivalent to services not rendered to the people, right? Services not rendered, excess, that's what it turns out to be. You are made to believe that that model with the shareholders skimming monies for themselves can somehow be more efficient than that model that just has the government, the, the, the managers, and the employees. And why is that they say? They say because it's competition. All right? And the truth of the matter is, there's some truth to that. If I have Pizza Shop 1, Pizza Shop 2, Pizza Shop 3, Pizza Shop 4, Pizza Shop 5, and all of us sell pepperoni pizza, we have to do something special so that pizza shop that you will shop instead of at pizza shop four, you shop at pizza shop two. Right? So usually what happens is there are pride, there are coupons, there are price, uh, price reductions and all that sort of stuff to entice you to go to that pizza place. So that kind of works in the private sector. Just having one government with one pizza shop. A monolithic pizza shop, it's kind of sick, crazy. It's kind of like, well, you don't get that variety, right? But there are basically uh, not many ways to fix a broken leg. Or if your leg is broken, you want that broken leg fixed. And you don't have any time to go shuffle around or anything of that nature, right? So before I go further into this this discussion, I want to say that there are Every economy should be perfectly bifurcated. In other words, those services that belong into areas where people have choices, competition reigns. But there are areas where people don't have choices. And in those areas, that is where collectively we, the people, should reign, where there shouldn't be any profit motive that generates what kind of care you would get. Going back to the story at the New York Times, the NHS is in bad shape right now. And it is in bad shape because, believe it or not, the private sector got involved. It got that way because like what Republicans do in the United States, they very much attempt to make government as bad as possible. Try to make it not work so that they can say, well, you see, government doesn't work. So we must transfer this to the private sector. To which I ask you inherently, what would make the private sector better in healthcare than the government sector? What differences are there? The only difference in the way things work again is the shareholder versus government. A shareholder that does absolutely nothing and government. 
so uh, when the NHS began to fail, began to fail, and I want you to go to the link that I provided in the chat. I'll put it in the newsletter later on. I didn't put it in last night, but I'll add it to the newsletter tonight. And you can find the newsletter at politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Uh, that link has a great dissertation and it has a video within that New York Times article that explain how the private sector, along with a corrupt government, corrupt government leadership, can destroy something that worked for everybody in order then for those parasites who brought it down to instead collect excesses from the population at large. People, we have to get smart. There are, there are a group of people that are not all that smart. They're no smarter than you and me. What they are, is built into their psyche is thievery and it and they do it in a in an antiseptic manner in a manner that's legal in a manner that actually increases their reputation it's a world that is turned upside down johnny i'm coming to you in a minute it's a world that is turned upside down we reward that person who can cut cost on the backs of people to make profit. You doubt that? You doubt that? This is the start of the show that was not supposed to be the start of the show, but just because I read that New York Times article, I sort of wanted to put a little nodule in your brain and ask you, uh, first of all, Sometimes I'm not sure if I'm absolutely clear in the way I'm making my statements. And I say, hey, guys, tell me if you followed the direction of the discourse, if you have a critique, if you have a comment of what I just stated. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Absolutely so, folks. I, I hope I, I hope everybody got that because the one thing that the biggest fallacy that we have out there is that because something is uh, in the private sector, that it is inherently better than something in the government. The thing about it is managers employees, whether government or private sector, are all the same. They're knowledgeable or they're not. They make mistakes or they are not. They screw up or they don't. We have to stop allowing folks to indoctrinate us into doing the wrong thing. Bree says, my family, although in Northern Ireland is on the UK health system, they're fine. Most people are fine. They never go bankrupt, right? Uh, Bree says, made complete sense. We'll ask family who under who are under UK uh, healthcare. What's up? 
Uh, let's see. Daniel uh, Ledo says, nitpicks that you about the fray. I have been speaking English for over 50 years. Have no idea what that means. Well, uh, maybe you should understand one deviation in the English language is that, first of all, not because you don't understand it means that it ain't so. Okay? Remember that. And also remember there are various dialects spoken in English in this one country. Thank you. Thank you. Remember that. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Mike Cisak says, the problem is that all levels of government currently take too much money out of people's pockets, which make it extremely difficult to do private sector work while the government wastes money on horribly performing government-run entities, which is a, it's complete nonsense, what my brother Mike Cisak just said. If paying a bill with private sector insurance eats up between 18 to 30 percent of the premiums that they collect, that is so much more inefficient, even if the federal government spent had a 10 percent wastefulness rate or 15 percent wastefulness rate. It would still be more efficient than the pilfer that occurs by insurance companies who simply transfers that money to their shareholders and executives. It will be, it is at a, at a 15% wasteful type of spending. Even that would be better in our current healthcare system than the private sector. The private sector in, in, uh, public, in, in public things, in parks, in transportation, in healthcare, Profit becomes an inefficiency. I repeat, profit becomes an inefficiency in things that are there for the public good. Healthcare, energy, and, and many other areas that do not belong in the private sector, as I attempted to show when I dis spoke about pizza. We want to have pizza in the private sector, grocery stores in the private sector, all these other things in the private sector, because again, uh, you get choices, but when it comes to healthcare, etc., that's a different animal. Uh, under the capitalist model, there is never an incentive to get you well. There is never an incentive to have you healed, because a healed patient is a patient that is not coming back. A healed patient is not a moneymaker. A patient that remains sick is what capitalism needs. That is why they have items like uh, uh, all these drugs that treat chronic diseases. Capitalism loves chronic diseases because they will require uh, the medicines that they profit on forever, for your entire life. They are not really interested in Cures, because cures have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the end means I'm making no more money from you. Remember that. Tom C. says, what does above the fray means? Above the fray, not directly involved in an angry or difficult struggle or disagreement. His political aides handled the controversy while he remained above the fray. Tom C., the great educator, Thank you very much, Mr. Tom. I wasn't even going to bother, but it's good that that you did that, my dear brother. All right, let's see what else we got. What else we got? What else we got? UNC 
uh, met this morning in public for speechifying, but met in closed session, just ended to actually vote. So U.S., U.K. didn't have to stand for genocide in public. It's amazing, isn't it? It is utterly amazing. Thank you for putting that out there, E2247. Very, very important statement. Uh, let's see what else did I misread or miss to read. Uh, para ver, para ver. Okay. Anybody wants to call in and make a comment? 281-823-7747. Love to hear from you. Repeat in one more time. Uh, 281-823. All right. The 281-823-7747. And you know what? Tom Cisak has paid his penance. Limerick from Thanksgiving. He's paid his penance for being late. And here's the limerick. Be thankful today that Joe Biden is still our president. And that orange MAGA madman's not the White House resident. Joe may be old and slow, but no other Dems are ready to go. So in 24, vote for the democracy. Don't pause or be hesitant. <laughs> Man, you're good. That's all I'm going to say, brother. You're good. You're good. That's all I'm going to say, brother Tom. Tom, uh, I, I, I don't know when you're going to have the Tom, Lim, the, the Tom Zarnick Limerick book. You know, that just have hundreds and hundreds of limericks because it seems like you can come up with them like that. All right. We also have, we also have, but he says, most people where I live are on the right. Some wear tinfoil on their heads, like some here. We got new smart meters. They are flipping out. Big government controlling us. They can turn off our electricity. They always could. They always could. People, they, listen, they can listen to you into your house. Oh, my God. It goes on and on over smart meters. And these are the same people that have Alexa in their house and that has Google in their house. What is it, Google? Okay, Google. They have Okay, Google. They have Alexa in their homes. Hey, here's a secret, guys. If you have Alexa, if you have Okay, Google in your home, if you have any device that listens for commands in your home, there is a direct connection between your voice, the company who, in this case, Google or Amazon, who has your voice recorded, and that people who are listening to you. So if you really want privacy or if you really don't want the government in your home, you should also be more scared about having the corporation in your home. But hey, who am I? Who am I? That's why I was trying to, uh, you know, I didn't, there's a piece of the show that I didn't uh, record or that, that I didn't put in that piece, right? Where I tell people, we have got to get smarter. We have got to get smarter. We have got to stop people from doing the things that if you listen to Eric and, 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 and Ledo, uh, the kind of information that they get that always puts them on edge. They're always on edge that somebody's doing something. When most of the things being done to them are things they're allowing others to do to them willfully. 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 It's amazing. It's amazing. Better have a year's worth of savings. You know, and the interesting thing about it is that's old time. A year's worth of savings, you know. 
you're assuming that money is going to be money is going to be money, right? Look, I agree. It's good to have savings and have good savings. But, you know, uh, when you put out dick uh, edicts like that, you forgot some very important things about money. But that's for another day. Bridge MCP says, it is so weird that people on the right have the same exact words. The left doesn't. Well, you know, uh, we're not indoctrinated, you know. What can I say? Eric A says, Egberto, do you have any savings? I have a very small, my savings have dwindled. And why did it dwindle? It dwindled from a whole bunch when I was doing my, my, pilot, not my, my uh, Willis Computer Software Company. I had all kind of licenses on my software. As I dedicated to this, it dwindled into next to nothing. But let me tell you better, brother. I am the happiest I have ever been. It's funny. There was a time I could walk into any store, walk, go anywhere and buy whatever I needed to buy or wanted to buy or wanted to have. Now I have to think about buying things, you know, have to think about that. And, um, you know, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Because I feel like I'm making a difference. Not I feel, I know that I'm making a difference. I have the emails to prove that I'm making a difference. I have all that, I mean, uh, that stuff that people write. I, I, I remember when, when I knew I was doing a good job is when this right-wing woman, uh, she really came to me in tears. And it was her son. All, she was in the right-wing bubble about Obamacare. And her son was, uh, I think he, I don't remember what kind of a mental thing he had or he was, what kind of disability he had. But I pointed out to her that because her state, they accepted the Medicaid expansion to the affordable care, that her son qualified to get health care free of charge. She had a clue. All she listened to was Fox News, right wing station that told her how bad Obamacare was. And when that woman, uh, when, when she, I remember her calling into the show. That's when I did it at, uh, it was at, then it was called liberal politics done right. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was called liberal politics done right. She called in and she cried. She cried. She sent emails thanking me. Her son had health care. And imagine all that information was wide out there. She just happened to stumble on me through the coffee party, who was a transpartisan organization. And in, and in hearing those words, it changed her son's life. One conversation. You know, uh, so no, it, 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 it's all, all worth it. And I tell you, I, I tell you what, um, I, I did this not completely altruistically. My website then had blown up. It was taken off like crazy. And then one day I lost 90% of my revenue from the website. And that's when I went to Patreon and, and all the subscription-based stuff because the corporations did all, did all of us little guys like me in. We lost 90% of our revenue that we normally got from ads, etc., which I had arranged all my finances to run the way it was running. So, you know, you win some and you lose some. And we're still after 10 years, still recovering from the loss of that. 
But anyhow, that's life. Anyway, Brit says, if something extremes happen to your family and runs you or everything, then you will understand how people who work hard and still can't get ahead feel. Spewing words like work harder, or have savings, blah, 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 do not have a clue as they never lived in that word. No empathy, no understanding how the world is working. Usually they are privileged white people, mostly men. You know, it's interesting, uh, Bridge. That is the most important statement that you've made for the day. Uh, it's easy to say save or spend better or do all of that. You have to have the wherewithal and the ability to do so and the mobility to do so. Bridge, you have the, uh, between you and Tom today, Tom for the limerick. And you for those words, but you won today for those words. Tom C. says, Egberto, your savings are the savings you do every day, saving our humanity and sanity. Thank you, my brother. I accept that. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, we, we won't remember, Breach, you don't follow up on the da, 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 da. don't follow up. You taught me that, Breach. You taught me that, Breach. You taught me that. Anyway, folks, I got to get out of here. I want to first tell you guys to please support the program. How can you support the program? Go to politicsunright.com slash support. Politicsunright.com slash support. I'm putting that link in there. And, and that link has all the many different ways that you can support the program. Chuck Pinaccio, love you too, brother. We got to talk. I got to get you on some talking, some, some uh, healthcare stuff soon again, brother. Anyway. Uh, again, uh, politicsonright.com slash support is where you can find one of the many ways that we uh, that we take in support. Likewise, I'm asking everybody who has the ability to do so. I only have, I think, so currently 58 paid subscribers. I have like 8,000, 7,000 something subscribers to my um, Substack, and only point something per five percent are actual paid subscribers. I'm asking, and it, it's free. I want every, I want as many people to see the newsletter as possible. And, uh, you know, uh, the idea is, you know how I think, but I'd love for uh, more of you, the ones that can say, I'm going to buy Egberto a coffee or Politics Done Right a coffee a month to do that on, by becoming a paid subscriber of our newsletter. And you can go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. But it's, you know, it's not like, you, you're getting nothing for that. For that, you, you get all of my books that you'll be able to read online at Substack. It will be online that you can read all of my books. And every subsequent book that I write, you'll be able to read it without purchasing the book because you are a subscriber to my newsletter. So, folks, I ask you so kindly, go to politicsandwrite.com slash newsletter. Become a supporter. It's only a coffee a month. Only a coffee a month. Anyway, my name is Egberto Willis. I want to thank you guys so much for being here. Love you all. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know.
is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.